Hi, everyone. This is Jordan, the owner and CEO of Greaser Consulting. On today's episode, we have Rich. Uh, I've known him for a few years now, and he's one of those guys uh, who was, as he put it, COVID unemployed for the better part of a year. And so on this episode, you're going to hear, you know, just, and some of you might be able to relate to this, like, really talented guy with a fantastic resume has done great work in the past just was on the wrong side of of a layoff um, and so what went into that what was his mind space on that uh, how did he work through it and how has that affected the way that he manages and works with people today uh, you know i've enjoyed all the podcasts that i've been doing i've enjoyed all the conversations this is one of those ones though, that I'm definitely going to remember. Uh, I'd encourage you to lean in and enjoy. Say you want some clarity in sales and marketing and SEP. Well, we have just the remedy. Our podcast, DevOps Therapy. Hi, everyone. This is Jordan. I've got Rich with me today. Rich, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. Uh, This is Rich Surprise. Uh, I am Sales Development Director here at CloudBeds. So let's talk about CloudBeds, Rich. I know uh, I first met you, you know, years ago when you were at Thomson Thomson Reuters there, massive company, like you're you're slinging outreach, you're working for the marketing department. And then, you know, I haven't been in contact with you for a few years and I get a hold of you. And uh, I'm not saying CloudBeds isn't the big time. It obviously is, but it's clearly a, like a very different company with a very different size. So, uh, you know, talk to me uh, a little bit about how y- you got to where you got to. Yeah. Okay. So, so how and why am I, am I here at CloudBeds? Um, boy, where to start there? Um, well, I typically tell this story because I get this question a lot through the recruiting process with candidates, and I think it resonates with them. At least they tell me it resonates with them. Um, but I always explain back early life, right? Father was State Department, so we had the benefit of you know traveling abroad when I was young, which um, isn't necessarily, uh, I guess the norm, uh, at least here in the States, right. It's a pretty unique opportunity. So born overseas started, uh, well, lived in Senegal, lived in Moscow, uh, started school in Moscow, um, and got to experience these, uh, different cultures and ways of life that, uh, it, it just really struck me, especially when we moved eventually to the States, um, you know, standing in line during communism, trying to get fresh bread and fresh meat and not necessarily knowing if you're going to get these items when you get to the end of this extremely long line. And we had it pretty well with uh, within the State Department. But uh, those experiences sort of uh, stuck with me, especially when you come to the States. You don't necessarily have to wait in any significant lines, at least many don't, um, to kind of just get the essentials. Um so that kind of stuck with me, just the traveling and, and cultures from abroad. Um, eventually got uh, started school in uh, Virginia, went to Virginia Tech. Didn't want to go into the consulting world, which a lot of my friends were doing at the time, Deloitte, PwC, that sort of thing. So got into cooking, studying to be a chef for like three years. Um, helped two buddies hey, so, open up so, restaurants. In so DC. far, this is nice and linear. This is a really linear story so far. Right. Pivoting around, yeah. Um, 
got into like hospitality, dealing with entrepreneurs and building businesses, which really kind of, kind of, uh, fed my soul in a way. Um, but then realized I didn't want to be doing cooking for, you know, nine bucks an hour in New York city, just couldn't, uh, couldn't survive like that. And uh, decided to pivot into sales. So got into sales, eventually, uh, recruiting for four and a half years, got into Oracle doing sales development, um, which was uh, incredible, almost eight years, uh, as a sales development rep moved into first line leadership about, you know, 12 months after that second line leader, third line leader, all within sales organization. Um, eventually pivoted over to Thomson Reuters, where it was the same role, director of uh, sales development, but within marketing, which was uh, an intentional decision because Oracle was very sales driven at the time. And Thomson Reuters being a very marketing heavy organization, at least with where sales development was, it was a great opportunity to uh, sort of expand my knowledge. Um, I then made an intentional decision to go to a company called Naviga, um, which was software sales for uh, newspapers, magazines, um, even like financial services. Um, great opportunity, great boss, great culture, but it was just terrible timing because of the, the pandemic. And we were just absolutely uh, slaughtered by uh, the pandemic. And the entire go-to-market team essentially was let go, uh, very uh, out of the blue. Um, so COVID unemployed for about a year. And then uh, a good friend, former colleague at, uh, at Oracle referred me over to CloudBeds. And um, it was uh, probably the greatest professional, maybe even personal decision I, I've made in my, my life. Uh, it's been an incredible experience um, because I wanted to make sure, one, um, I, I believed and trusted the, the leaders that I was working for, especially my direct boss. I uh, wanted to make sure the product was something that, you know, it, it was growth. I could I could see the success of this in one, two, five years and further, uh, believed in the product. And then it, it, it also helped that it sort of touched on things that were important to me, which I touched on earlier. Um, the travel aspects, not many people hate travel, but it was it was fun to be a part of, uh, hospitality, something I'm passionate about helping small businesses. Uh, and then the cultural aspect cloud beds has been uh, a virtual job since, uh, since day one, you know, and when it was formed in 2012. Um, so going virtual was, was new for me, but it wasn't new for cloud beds and, uh, seeing what they've been able to build in those, uh, in those, what, almost 10 years now. Um, it's truly amazing. And uh, being able to have managers and sales development reps and colleagues around the world and being able to see their their lives and their their holidays and their the foods they're eating and where they're traveling is, is something I never really got to experience at any other job before. So uh, very long winded answer. I don't know if that necessarily uh, touched on your question, but that's my story. Well, there's, uh, there's so much to unpack there. And it's not, I mean, it's not every day that I yeah. can talk to somebody that can said, Hey, I, I stood in the food line, seeing if they even had, you know, did you have bread today? Right. Uh, you know, did the state directed yeah. economics, uh, adequately say how many loaves of bread should or should not be made today? Right. Uh, that, that, that is not something I expected to hear. Can I, I just ask what you said, your dad worked for the state department. What did he do? Uh, he was in communications. 
So I, what exactly does that mean? I don't know. I know he was going around setting up uh, various uh, U.S. embassies with their phone systems and uh, just communications within the Tapping a couple phone themselves. lines and, you know. Just... Probably some spy work going in there, too. But uh, <laughs> yeah. still, still a lot to James Bond-esque. <laughs> yeah, so he made it. Okay. So this is the thing that uh, I think a lot of people can probably resonate right now with, like having lived through the pandemic. Uh, there's quite a few folks that, as you said, are COVID unemployed. Um, and listen, you've got a unique story, right? Like you, you went to New York City. You, you were cooking. You, you've been at Oracle for years. I mean, you've led teams. I mean, obviously, very talented, skilled individual, and yet. Uh, you know, you're you're in the bread line, and you find out there's no bread, right? Uh, like yeah. you spent a year, as, as you said, COVID unemployed. Um, how's that? How'd that? Like, did that mess with you at all, or you were like, you were good with? Like, I don't know if I want to say good with it, but I mean, what goes through your mind there yeah. in, in that year? It was such a wide range of emotions, but it was definitely um, out of the gate, a negative experience, right? Anytime you hear your boss call and, you know, you break the news to you, which he was definitely uh, heartbroken by the decision. Um, it, it's tough, right? And that sort of uh, not quite depression, but it's it's just brings you down and you sort of question yourself, even though it wasn't anything directly related to your efforts, right? It was completely uh, unintentional. Um, so the first probably month was like, what am I going to do? Like, I guess the first week was like, okay, you know, I'll go golf and try and enjoy like the time off. And then, then it turned into, okay, what am I going to actually do? Um, how am I going to pay bills? Um, it's, it's a tough one. Um, and then you get kind of bored, or at least I was getting bored with like, going golfing is great, but, um, I can't do that seven days a week. It gets kind of expensive and I have these bills to pay. So I was thinking, what can I do to kind of just keep my mind fresh? And like many, um, in the world, uh, I, I turned to day trading, um, just to learn a new hobby, uh, before it was just like managing 401k and just how to, uh, move towards retirement. But, uh, in day trading, it was learning a new skill, um, more than a hobby, and setting yourself up for success, reading books, talking to a lot of new new individuals, learning finances, learning the stock market, how um, how all of it works, and it was uh, eye opening. Especially, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with like the meme stock uh, craze with with GameStop and everything. But there's plenty. Where, of, uh, where are you one of the redditors? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Followed it, didn't trade on it. I couldn't do it. My risk tolerance is, uh, <laughs> I couldn't deal with that now, but it was, it was wild to see. Yeah. And uh, is, there, is there anything from that experience with day trading that like, like, are you still day trading on the side? Is that something you've carried with you? Or it was, it was like a pandemic baby you know, that came I, and went. Yeah. I mean, I, I would in the future, maybe look into it a little bit more, but it truly is a, a full-time career. I guess you could uh, theoretically, um, you know, start trading at the open and, you know, pray, hope for the best, but um, <laughs> you got to be locked, locked into these charts and things can change in a millisecond. And what you felt was a good trade and a good position 
all of a sudden flips on you. And if you're in an hour meeting or a 10 minute meeting, you can go from positive to negative very quickly. So when you were talking about spending a, a year in this unemployment, were, were you also like floating resumes the whole time or did you just hit a, like hit a groove and I'm, and I'm really focusing as well on like the last little bit of this, like, were, were you trying but failing or like you got into a groove and then you got a referral into somebody and then that was it, that season of life was over? Yeah, so the, for the first probably two months, um, I was sending resumes around uh, very actively and it was the same sort of story. Um, then it turned into kind of the networking game, uh, which I got to admit, I mean, I, I'm astounded by the number, number of executives in the sales development, sales and C-suite beyond that are willing to talk to you um, because of the circumstances, because um, they, they care, they, they're concerned and they're willing to coach and give guidance. and. Um, I guess I, it's sad to say I'm shocked by how many are willing were willing to talk, but uh, they all said the same thing. It's just like there's nothing available now. Like they all have painted a, a pretty bleak picture about not necessarily uh, me getting a job, but just me getting a job in the next you know six months. So it was uh, until January of last year when there was a little bit more access to vaccines. That's when conversations really started happening, which is you know, kind of crazy in itself, but uh, started getting some more conversations where I would actually have to re have relocated, which would have been tough because I've got two kids here um, and they wouldn't have been able to, to bring them along. So um, ideally, I was looking for a, a virtual job. And then one day I just got a call from my old buddy at Oracle um, who had mentioned like, hey, you might want to check this company out. One thing leads to another. Seven interviews later, <laughs> was able to, uh, to land the gig. But um, yeah, it was definitely more of like a, it started out as a, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm just going to apply, apply, apply. Six months of just sort of like, all right, when is this going to, when is this pandemic actually going to end? And then finally, light light appeared could have been uh, happier the, the experience was awful but it was also a blessing in disguise could you uh do you got like one or two ways through the course of that thing that you can say wow this is how it changed me for the good yeah um honestly i i guess i was able to really look at what i wanted in life um and allowed me to prioritize those, those things. Um, so at one point in time, I, I'd probably say money was up there as a uh, direct influencer on how I lived my, pick my jobs, right? Um, and don't get me wrong, it's still very important, but I, I don't yeah, make it's, decisions It's, good to, it's good to be able to buy bread, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just being able to prioritize my, my kids, my family, you know, I, I wanted to be able to take my son to soccer and take my daughter to riding and volleyball and, and not have to like run to an office and be able to have to prioritize a trip uh, over their, their lives, um, which sad to say for many years was not a choice. It was just sort of like, yeah, 
you had to do it if you wanted to put bread on the table. So um, I was able to put what I feel are the right priorities in order by in, in my terms, not being forced to uh, make that decision. So this isn't really a like a this next question isn't really a commentary on like cloud beds because it sounds like it's fantastic. And I'll ask you a couple questions there. But like having lived through a scenario where, you know, your go to market team, I think you said it was Navica that you know, has all the talent in the world or high quality people in the one day you're working and the next day it's just gone. Poof. Like, yeah. is there, is there any part of that that still kind of lives in the back of your brain? Like, even though you love where you're at, like, is, is there any yeah. fear that still exists or like that was a season of life? It's over. You don't think about it. No, it, it absolutely exists. And, uh, even through my interview process, when, when I got the, the offer that, uh, my boss sort of referenced that, like the, you could tell something in within me in the previous job, previous life kind of formed me to, to who I am today and how I'm approaching this job. Um, it absolutely has as sort of, it's always there, right? It's not necessarily uh, changing like my decisions, but it's always like, oh man, I, I've been out of a job. Um, I know how it feels and I never want to be there again. So in a way I'm always doing my very best to just bust my ass and, and get the job done and, and impress those around me. Um, and it does sort of eat away when you fall short on a, a report or a quarter or a week progress, right? It, it, it's something that always eats away at you, but you, you want to use it to, to motivate and propel you versus sort of dwell on, experiences like that the thing that's just uh, i think interesting about uh you know the last couple of years is and i'm sure you've heard of this term people talk about a shared experience like we all live through this together so we have this common bond but at least yeah. in the conversations i've had when it's come to you know the whole covid thing and together like man it has not been a shared experience and what i mean by this is like could you imagine if you were a Zoom AE during the pandemic? Like, like you'd have been maxing out that comp plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, woo, exactly. I just got my yacht. I'm ready to roll. And, and you know, I don't know how that, how that all actually worked out. I'm just sort of projecting, right? And then, you know, there's another individual and like, man, you're doing great work, but the industry that you're in, like, like, you know, talk about the airlines like you're not flying i'm sorry you're not gonna fly like there's it's not like your business model's broken it's not like you have a product like, but the situation's changed and you can't do anything about it you're not you're not any better or worse than that zoom rep so to speak but you're making tons of money and the other one's not making anything so i just exactly. it's it's i think it's hard right now when you like when you talk to people about this quote-unquote shared experience because like i'm telling you your experience is not mine Right. It's just it's exactly. been different. Right. Yeah. And you can't make any assumptions about whether it's a pandemic or any uh, event in life. You can't make uh, assumptions about what somebody is going through. Um, and that's another thing. And just managing it today. Right. Where mental health like three years ago was maybe a thing, but it wasn't managed and there weren't an, uh, tools necessarily available to you as 
readily as they are today. And many, many organizations, cloud beds included, offer some amazing tools to manage that. And as a manager, you need to have, uh, I've found my coaching conversations uh, are very different today than, than previous previous years. Um, give me, give me some better. examples. I think the individual well, literally people like are, if they're having a tough week, a tough month, a tough quarter, making phone calls and they just can't get there because some blocker, some blocker, maybe it's related to stress from, from the pandemic that has come up more frequently now than I've ever experienced before. Um, and those, those moments can be Positive and negative, whether you're planning for a wedding, a positive and the stressors that come along with that, or you're, you're struggling and you're maybe on a pip and you, you don't know how to get to that, how to get to success um, because you've had this incredible life experience with stress from the pandemic. And now you've got this stress in trying to perform. Everybody is managed. It's affected everybody differently. And you have to, or I found that I, I need to acknowledge that and talk through those moments in, in uh, with different type of gloves. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense or not. But. Well, so let's like, let's dive into that specific piece though. Cause I think uh, there's awareness now that like people were, I think people knew that before that folks are struggling but now that like the whole world was shook, you can't deny it. Okay. Yeah. But as a manager, this is one of the things as I talk with people, like they're struggling trying to find that line of like, when do you support and when do you push? And let me explain what I mean. At the end of the day, like traumatic events are going to happen in people's lives. Like maybe it's a divorce. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's an illness, right? Like not just COVID, but there's illness. Maybe, Maybe there's something um, that's out of your control, but it's like coming against you. The point is like life is happening to everybody all around us. But on the other side, like there's a business that has to run. There's targets yeah. we need to hit. Yeah. And so like, how do you navigate that line now as a leader who's like, you know, you talk about coming from Oracle and sales focus and whatever, like you've been in environments where like the line is the line, hit it or get out. Right. Yeah. And now, like, even you've lived through an environment of, like, for a year, is this my fault? Probably not, but, like, mm -hmm. I can't get a job. And, but, like, life's happening to me. The stress is real. Where's that line at now as you talk to people and they're bringing to you, like, I have anxiety? Is it like, okay, you still need to get, you know, still need to hit your number? Right. Or, like, you, I have anxiety right now. I'll go on a vacation, like, see if you can. And I'm not trying to oversimplify, but I'm simply saying, how do you how do you navigate that with some of the awareness that you have today? Yeah, I mean, for myself, when I'm having direct conversations, my managers are having co uh, conversations and I'm coaching them. It's it's you have to unpack every every not problem, but every uh, issue in its on its own. One person is going to be completely different than the next person. And um, at the end of the day, you have to explain what what we're here to do. And that is, yes, we're, we're here to, to reach goals, overachieve goals. But um, again, if somebody's going through a divorce, um, it's super important to me, uh, having gone through one and knowing those emotions that you need to talk to them, care for them, and make sure that you're you're supporting them both in their professional and as much as you can, personal, uh, personal endeavors, I guess. Um, 
but you got to unpack it as much as you can in order to, as a team, one-on-one, -on -one, find out what that right solution is. Is it a day off? Is it an hour away from the office? Is it the ability to go for a drive in uh, over the lunch hour? Like, what does it take for you to get over these mental blockers or these uh, um not mental blockers, but actual like real barriers. What do we need to do to try to move these or remove them entirely so that we can all get to our, our goals? Because at the end of the day, they're not happy. They're not hitting goals. And then you throw on top of the personal things that are also bringing them down. Um, if you can help with one of those, it might not be working through a divorce, but it might be, okay, let's work on getting you to today's goals. How many dials did you make? How many demos did you set up? How many conversations did you have? And then let's set a goal for the week. So it's not exactly mind-blowing stuff, but it's actually just showing that you care and being able generally people appreciate that and appreciate the, the willingness for you as a human to try and help them. And once they, they understand that, generally they reciprocate and are, are flip their sort of mental state on its head and that they usually are able to perform. I'm just listening to you sort of like work through this and um, I just think there's so much that's happened over the last few years that um, you know, previously if things aren't going well, I'm not saying managers didn't care. I don't, I don't think that's like the right standpoint, no. but there's, it's, it's like this whole experience has been a forcing function though, that like conversations that maybe you wanted to have, but you're like, well, this is work. Let's not cross that line. Uh, and maybe this is even a result of all the virtual that like, I can see into your home. You can see yeah. into my home, right? Yep. That there's something it's like you're allowed to talk about more all of a sudden. It's even expected, you know, if I'm a rep, um, and I'm sure I'm sure this isn't always the case, but it seems like reps in general we will feel more comfortable now to come up and say, listen, like, I know at work I'm not quite missing it, hitting it, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I'm struggling even personally right now. Like, can you yeah. help me? Yep. Um, and it, and it, it doesn't seem like it has the same sort of, faux pas if that's the right phrase to use sure. yep. right um yeah uh, what a what a what a, what a time to be alive right yeah it's wild and just having gone through i mean i think everybody experienced the pandemic in in the same maybe not the same way but they they all had some sort of reaction to it most negative and I think that has allowed us to have those conversations about well-being, mental state in a much more fluid manner than, than we've ever, ever had to before because we even had that connector. Um, and now in a very weird way, we've, we've got that connection and it's allowed for conversations that may not have happened in the past or just been ignored, right or wrong. Uh, so, Rich, we'll ask you one one cloud beds question. I know we're coming up on time, but yeah. Uh, hey, now you're in cloud beds. Are you are you like are you you were reporting to sales? Then you reported to marketing. 
uh, are you an S you're, you're SDR leader, right? Is that the case? Like that's your vein. Are you in sales or are you in marketing? I'm in sales. Yeah. Uh, tell me the truth. What's better sales development and sales or sales development and marketing? Oh, so the house does it live on sales? I would go sales. It's great to understand if you are able to connect with a company where it rolls under marketing to understand that. And by no means do I, ex uh, am I an expert, but it was great to live and breathe that for a couple of years. But, uh, having lived in both, I, I would have to say it falls more, more so in sales. Tell me, give me one or two reasons. Um, honestly, I've had better the ability to convert at a higher rate by having the direct relationship with the sales reps and being able to connect partner with marketing versus the other way around where the relationship with marketing when it was rolling into marketing was there, was strong, but it was almost like sales didn't trust the SDR or the, the sales development team. Um, because there's still that inner workings of like, I don't trust you marketing. I don't trust you sales, but you're trying to break down those barriers. I've found that it was more, what's the right way to put it. I had more success breaking down those barriers under the sales umbrella and partnering with marketing versus the flip side. So what I'm hearing you saying is that the, the tribe, so to speak, of sales is more accepting of our their own and marketing is more accepting of others. That's the, uh, yeah, is that? Nail on the head right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, all right. <laughs> uh, hey, Rich, I appreciate you, uh, you coming by and I know we talked about some personal things in your life, so thanks for being willing to share it. Um, and for the listeners today, thanks for tuning in and um, hearing a little bit about Rich and, uh, you know, we'd always be interested to hear what's going on in your world. So feel free to reach out. I think to either one of us, we'd be happy to chat, but Absolutely. Rich, thanks for stopping by. Okay. Anytime, Jordan. All the best. All right. See ya. Hot dog. That was a great episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Greaser Consulting or any information you heard on today's episode, visit us online at www.greaserconsulting.com. Be sure to click the follow button and the bell icon to be notified on the latest here at RevOps Therapy. Thanks and see you real soon.